might as well just, just stay standing. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible and go with me to Romans 10. Romans 10. That, that song there is easy preaching and hard living. I, I don't know if you got the words to that, but even if you don't. How many of y'all needed God to do something for you in your life sometime and, and, and he didn't? Even if he don't. Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My, my, my. I can go home now and say I've been to church. <clears throat> but we ain't. Amen. We, uh, boy, it's good to be saved. Amen. We've been, we've been preaching several weeks on salvation. Salvation. Today, uh, I want to look at this subject. We're, we, we, we was in Romans 10 last week and talking about being religious but not being righteous. Righteous. Right with God. A right standing with God. Today, we're going to move down the chapter a little bit and study this subject. Uh, I've got two titles, and you can pick the long one or the short one. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, the long title is this, the, the place of preaching in the process of salvation. The place of preaching in the process of salvation. Or, if you, like, if you don't like long titles, the second title is this, preach on. Preach on. Amen. Let's look in Romans 10 and verse number 13. Have you found your spot? Say amen. amen. For whosoever, doesn't mean rich, doesn't mean poor, doesn't mean educated or uneducated, doesn't mean white or black. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. What a great verse. What an encouraging verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a, without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Look at this verse, very key verse, verse 17. So then faith, faith, saving faith. That's what this, this chapter is about. Saving faith. And I'll I, I say this too. You could probably put living faith right there. Saving faith. Living faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me read that again. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for this, all the talented people that make up this church. Lord, thank you for them using their gifts to edify the saints this morning. Lord, I pray that you will encourage us now. Lift us up. Educate us today. Edify. Build us up. Strengthen 
the faith of the believer today. Lord, I pray for the one that's lost in this room. In a crowd this side, there's no doubt many people that's lost, unconverted, unsaved. Lord, that's on their way to hell. I pray today will be the day they make their assurance and they'll make sure that they miss that place called hell and make it to that place called heaven. I pray for your perfect will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. If you're preaching from the Bible, preach on. If you're longing for revival, preach on. Preach on sin and condemnation. Preach for sinners his salvation. Preach to the Christian consecration, but preach on. If your sermon's from the Lord, then preach on. Never mind if they look bored, preach on. If the devil looks down on it, if the critics frown upon it, many souls depend upon it, so preach on. If you step on someone's corns, preach on. Take the bull by the horns and preach on. Even though we may not like it, even though some try to fight it, where there's wrong, the Lord can right it. Preach on. Let not time be a restriction. Help me, Jesus. Preach on. If a sinner's got conviction, preach on. Christ can save his soul from hell, cleanse his heart, and make him well. Even if it's after 12, preach on. (laughs) I'm getting out my rhythm. From the law to revelation, preach on. Christ for every situation, preach on. If your members doubt it and they say they can do without it, if you've talked to God about it, then preach on. Think of Christ's own message clear, preach on. Therefore all who wish to hear, preach on. All are sinners, they must know that his blood did freely flow. He can wash them white as snow, preach on. In the Holy Spirit's power, preach on. He'll reward you in his hour, preach on. Broken hearts and sins forgiven, blessings here so freely given, and a crown up there in heaven, so preach on. Preach on. Listen, I love preaching. I love doing it. I love hearing it. I've been around it my whole life. And we're living in a day. We're living in a day and an hour it's no surprise. I mean, this is no surprise to anybody who knows their Bible and reads their Bible. Uh, we're living in a day where preaching real biblical, listen, godly, Holy Spirit-filled preaching is, is, uh, is like a dinosaur. And it's, and it's not popular. But, but Paul told Timothy it was going to be that way. He said, I charge thee therefore before God, this is 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when people shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. They will not endure sound doctrine. They will not endure. In other words, they're not going to put up with the truth. They're going to have itching ears. Just tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what makes me feel good. Tell me what gives me the warm fuzzies on the inside. Don't tell me about, don't tell me about holiness. Don't tell me about righteousness. Don't tell me about separation. Don't deal with my sin. Just make me feel good about my situation. We had several people last week get up and walk out in, 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 the, in the early service and, and, and two or three families in the late service. And now, now they might have been late for dinner. I don't know. But to the preacher, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's tough. 
Because while you're preaching, when that happens, uh, the devil says, uh-huh, you done made them mad. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you'll never see them again. Boy, you're just an offensive little... I'm just letting you know what's happening in my head. But you know what? We got to preach on. Because salvation greatly depends on preaching. You say, well, I just, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for the singing and everything. I am too. Dear God, I, just, I was just over there about to die enjoying all the singing today. I love it. I'm telling you, I love singing. I love all kind of singing. I love good singing. I, I, I'm just going to say I love good singing. Amen. I ain't going to. I've been to bad singing. I, I'm going to stay with the good singing. Amen. I love old singing and new singing. I, I love it all. But here's the thing. If we're going to stay biblical in this hour, and, and let me say this. If there's ever been a time we need to be biblical. We need to be biblical. It's in this hour. Watch what it says in Titus chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through manifested, that means to unveil, to, to reveal, to show forth, manifested his word through preaching, through preaching. Then look what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't come to convince you. I didn't come to let you know what kind of education I have or let you know how, how, how slick I am with the words that I use. Paul, Paul said it's not about none of that. It's not about trying to convince you with my uh, uh, skills and, 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 and my ability to debate a subject. He said, it's not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God. Now, now here's the verse. It pleased God by the foolishness of? The foolishness of? To save them that believe. The process, the place of preaching in the process of salvation. It pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching, and by the way, it says foolishness of preaching, not foolish preaching. The foolishness of preaching. People, people today are sitting in a recliner at home, drinking their orange juice, wondering why you're so crazy to come up here and stand and listen to a man spit and holler to the third row. They think you're crazy. They think you're foolish. To them, this is foolish. To this, this foolishness. But to those who believe, those who know the truth, those who understand biblical doctrine, they believe it is the power of God unto salvation. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter number one, I'm ready to preach the gospel. He said, with all that in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. 
It's the power of God unto salvation. So what, what role... What role does preaching play? It's a, it's a very vital role. It's a very critical role. It's an it's a, it's a anointed role. It is a commissioned role by God. Yeah. It says this, How, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a great promise. What a great promise. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your heritage. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how far in sin that you are or were or have been. He said, whosoever, let him come. Whosoever, it doesn't matter who you are. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's great. That's wonderful. Now, if we believe in him... If we believe in him to call upon him, that's, 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 what it, that's what's required. But this is what Romans 10 is saying. How will they believe unless they And how shall they hear without a Without a preacher. How shall they preach unless they be sent? And by the way, by the way, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. We, meet, we need more of your kind, Rip. The word preacher there means proclaimer. So if we want to get real technical, we're all preachers. We're all to proclaim the gospel. But let me, let me just stay with, the, let me stay with where we're at here in the text. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, in other words salvation is wonderful, but if we, if we trace it back, if we trace it back, I, I'm glad I'm saved. Man, that song John and them sang, and I'm telling you what, it creates my tractor every time I hear it. I, I, that part where I was so lost till I fell at the cross. Lord, have mercy. Woo. You may tell you what's wrong with many Christians. They forgot where they was when God found them. And let me tell you why there's a lot of people that's not saved, because they hadn't got lost yet. But if you ever get lost, if you ever understand your... Whoa, say man. I'm getting ahead of myself. Slow down, Rev. Slow down. Salvation comes after hearing. Hearing what? The word. But the word has got to be proclaimed. The word has got to be delivered. The word has got to be preached. The word has got to be given. Preaching is a very vital role in the process of salvation. Let me give you two points. Two points this morning. I want to I tell you what preaching reveals. And, and then we'll talk about what preaching produces, okay? That'll be the two points today. Preaching reveals and preaching produces, okay? Preaching reveals and preaching produces. What, is it, what, what, what did Paul tell Timothy? He said, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Reprove means to tell a fault. Y'all with me? It means to tell a fault. He says, when you, you take the scriptures and you reprove and rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. In other words, you use the word, you use the scripture. At first he said this, preach the word. The word. Not your opinion, not your theory, not what you think, but the word. Amen. I've been watching, and I listen to it all the time. I, I tell you, I, I, I can't get enough of it. I'll listen to it in the car. We'll listen to it on trips. Uh, Tammy's not as spiritual as I am, and she can't take as much as I can. And I'll plug it in, and I'm listening, and she says, you're going to listen to that again. You know, she can't. She needs to get delivered. Say amen. 
But <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to need deliverance after the sermon. Amen. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of preaching and, 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 and seeing, and this is what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing and I'm witnessing. There is a lot of preaching about the Word, but not a whole lot of preaching the Word. And there's a big difference. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. He says, preach the Word. Now, what will, what will happen? What will happen if you open that Bible and preach the word. Now let's remember. Let's remember in Hebrews. In Hebrews it says that this is quick. That means alive. It means it's living. It's breathing. It's alive. It's not an antique. Listen. It's not an antique. It's not a, a, a piece of uh, out of date literature. It's alive. Now, now what is significant about that? Uh, when you open this book, it knows where you are. When you open this book, it's living, and it's done been at your house. It heard what you and your wife was discussing this morning. It's alive. In other words, it is relevant for today. It's not just for Hebrew people back in, back in the, the A. Are y'all with me? It's, it's quick, means alive. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. It's a sword. And a sword is used for cutting. A sword is used for piercing. But I'm glad a man who is skillful with a sword can use it like a scalpel. A sword may be used for war, but a scalpel is used for healing. But even with the scalpel, it still hurts. And here's the thing. What what does preaching have to do with salvation? It's in what it reveals. I I, I, want to, at the end of this deal, I want to compare and look at two different sermons in the Bible. One from Peter and one from Stephen. One from Peter and one from Stephen. They both preach the same thing. Everything I'm going to show you in these four points or four subs right here underneath this, it, it, it will fall in both of these sermons. But there's two different reactions and two different responses and two different outcomes. Are y'all with me? What does preaching reveal? Let me do this quick. I don't, I don't have time to spend like I want to, but here's the thing. The first thing that happens when you open the Bible and you preach the word exactly the way it says, exactly the way God has given, the first thing that is revealed is sin. The first thing that is revealed is sin. It is sin. He came into his own and his own received him not. What did he say in John chapter 3? This is a condemnation. They came into the world. The light came into the world. But they hated the light because their deeds were evil. And preaching will always reveal sin. Rebuke means to tell a fault. We have to have our sin revealed. Why did he give us the law? Why did he give us the scriptures? Look what it says. Did, 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 did he give us the law to save us? No, he gave us the law so we'd know we needed saving. Watch this. Romans chapter 3 verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, that's the scriptures, the Old Testament. It saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped. That every mouth may be stopped. All the excuses stop. All the explanations stop. All the reasons stop. All the world may become, come on everybody, may become guilty before God. 
Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law, by the scriptures, let's just put this in there. By the preaching of the scriptures is the knowledge of Romans 3.10. Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not. Go to the next one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Preaching will reveal sin. It will reveal sin. That's why they don't like it. That's why they don't want to hear it. That's why they'll drive 60 miles to go to a gospel concert and won't go across the street to hear a biblical preacher preaching on sin. Listen, nobody wants to be told they're wrong. Nobody wants to be told what to do. But ladies and gentlemen, here is the first requirement. Here's the first requirement in getting saved. You can't get saved till you get lost. You do not go to a doctor until you know you have an issue. And when the Bible is open and the Bible is preached and the Bible is delivered, you will find out you are a sinner. You will find out there is none righteous. No, not one. You'll find out what David testified. He said, in sin did my mother conceive me. I came into this world broken. I came into this world a sinner. I don't lie to become a sinner. I lie because I am a sinner. And preaching will reveal sin. That's why it's abrasive. That's why it's abrasive. That's why people don't like it. He said, preacher, you're rubbing the cat wrong. Well, the cat needs to turn around. Y'all with me? It'll always reveal sin. The message in Acts chapter number 2 and with Stephen later on in the book of Acts, you'll find out the first thing he did was their sin. He said, this man, Jesus Christ, whom God hath approved and appointed, you have with wicked hands killed and slain. He dealt with their sin. What did he do with the woman at the well? What did Jesus do with the woman at the well? When he came, she said, give me this living water. Okay, what's she asking for? She's asking for salvation. Don't even realize how she's asking. Said, so give me this living water. First thing he dealt with, go get your husband. So what's the big deal about that? She didn't have a husband. She was shacking up with somebody. And she'd done been married five times. What did he deal with? Her sin. Her sin. You cannot get saved without dealing with your sin. Because it is your sin that you need to be saved from. And I can come in here with flowery language. I can come in here and pet you on the back. I can come in here and tell you you're a good person. And all you got to do is think positive and make you feel fuzzy about everything and give you a motivational speech. And it can make you feel good today, but you'll die and go to hell tomorrow. And unless a preacher is preaching on sin and dealing with sin, he is not a preacher at all. We've turned churches into psychologists' office. We've turned the pulpit into a psychology desk and listen pews into a couch. And let's, just, let's just make you feel good about yourself. No, let's open the book and let's reveal what's really there and what's really the problem. He always revealed sin. It always uncovers what's really there. And the Holy Spirit's so good at it. He, see, see, some of y'all think, some of y'all think your house is bugged, <clears throat> or your wife told on you. <clears throat> Nobody tells me or talks to me anything before I preach, but the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on, 
You say, what's the big deal about that? He's riding with you. Preaching reveals sin. Not only that, not only that, second thing it does, it reveals our situation. It reveals our situation. What does that mean? Because of sin. Because of sin. Because there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Say that with me. For the wages of sin is death. What did Jesus say in, 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 in John chapter number 3? He said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He says, he that believeth is not condemned. But here is the situation. He that believeth not is condemned already. Jesus is saying you were already condemned before I ever showed up, before I ever revealed your sin, before I ever turned the light on your wickedness, before I ever came and told you the truth, you were already under condemnation. I don't like being judged. I don't like being condemned. I'm not condemning you by telling you the truth. I'm telling you you're condemned already. I'm telling you there is a real hell. There is a real place of fire. There is a real place where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. There's a real place where sinners go without the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will bust hell wide open if you leave this world without Christ. Real preaching will reveal your situation. It will reveal your situation. You save people. Real preaching will reveal your situation too. If you're backslidden on God and you're living outside of the will of God for your life and you're not being faithful and you're not being committed, preaching will get in your driveway too. Trust me. God deals with me all the time. It will reveal our situation. You cannot, and, and this is so important, guys. This is so important. You cannot get saved till you get lost. And you will not know you're lost unless a preacher takes his Bible and shares with you and shows you that because of sin, you're in a bad situation. Does that make sense, everybody? Preaching will reveal sin. Preaching will reveal our situation. But if it's real preaching... It will reveal our Savior. <clears throat> you know, I, I grew up in church. I grew up in church, and, 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 and you think I'm tough and abrasive. You, you, y'all spoil. I'm adorable. I, I, I'm just telling you, I, I'm a fluffy teddy bear. Compared with what I grew up with. I, I'm talking about, I grew up with preaching. When they got here and got behind the pulpit and turned back, it was like, Man, that's right. Never smile. Oh, no. I, I mean as a junkyard dog. Did anybody have any like that? I, I love them. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes, boy, I tell you. But here's the thing. It irritated me when they would preach you down into the fibers of the carpet. I mean, preach you just, and, and, and what they were saying, right. What they were saying, right. I'm telling you, just tell you how low down and sorry and much a sinner you were. Nah, 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 nah. And you're just all broken and cut up and bleeding and everything. But then they wouldn't tell you what to do about it. 
I wanted to cry from the pew. I know, I know. Tell me what to do. Listen, preaching is not preaching. Yes, preach on sin. Yes, preach on the situation. But don't leave the Savior out. He told him. Peter told him. He told him in Acts chapter number 2. He told him about their sin. He told him about their situation. But then he said, but I got good news. Yes, Romans 3.23 says, For there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And our situation is Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. But the, listen, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm glad our Savior in Romans, hey, it says, But God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I may be a sinner and I may have been in a bad situation, but I had a loving Savior who saw me in my need and came to where I was. And this preaching without Jesus, you hear it all the time. You hear him go through it and, and I've, <clears throat> I'm going to offend some people right here, but I, I don't, I'm, at this moment... <clears throat> I've watched them before they start. Hold up their Bible. Let's make our declaration. This Bible is what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'm blah, blah. And in about 15 minutes, talk about the Bible. Let's hear the Word of God and set it down and start into a motivational speech. And I want to say, time out. I want to hear about that Bible you was bragging about. Why don't you open it up and say, what thus saith the Lord, not what thus saith the speaker. And preach a whole sermon about positive thinking and never mention the name Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, preaching without Jesus is not preaching. It's all about Jesus. We're here because of Jesus. We're going to heaven because of Jesus. We have peace because of Jesus. We have hope because of Jesus. We're going to glory because of Jesus. I've been forgiven because of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. Preach on. Preaching reveals sin. Say that with me. Preaching reveals sin. Then preaching reveals our... But then it should reveal our Savior. It should be about Jesus And because it's about sin in our situation in Jesus, when you put Jesus in the middle of our situation, then we have salvation. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Salvation. Jesus loves me, this I know. For my Bible tells me so. Are y'all with me? Saved. That's just a great word. I was so lost till I fell at the cross. Let me tell you why people ain't getting saved. Preachers ain't dangling them over hell anymore. So I don't like that kind. You might need that kind. 
I just want to be saved. I don't want that other. Wait a minute. You can't have that. You can't have salvation. Till you get lost. Let's, let's move to the next point. <clears throat> Preaching reveals. How many of y'all have been in this place when, when God opened his word and, and began to deliver his word, God revealed some things to you? How many of y'all remember the first time God revealed to you you was a sinner? Listen, salvation... You say, salvation is just about missing hell. No. That's a byproduct. That's a blessing. That's not what salvation is about. You need to preach on on salvation because people are going to hell. That's partly true, but that's not the primary. Are y'all with me? What is it then? Our sin has offended a holy God. Now here's the thing. What will preaching produce? Now I'm going to look at the positive side of this thing. Okay? Let's look at the positive side of this thing. Because there is a negative side of this thing. Preaching will, will produce positive results and negative results. It will. Ask Peter and Stephen. Peter preached and had a mass revival. Thousands of people got saved. Stephen preached the same message Peter preached, and they threw rocks at him. So in the same building, in the same service, in the same auditorium, there's going to be two responses to the word being preached. Now here's the positive side. Here's the positive side. Now, it's not going to sound positive in the beginning, but in the end, you'll see where it's positive. Preaching will produce something. Preaching will produce. It, there, there, will be a, there will be an effect from preaching. First this, uh, preaching will produce sorrow. Sorrow. Now, I know what you're thinking. I didn't come to church to feel bad. I understand that. But let me, let me, let me read you a verse, and then we'll start from there and just take it all from this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. This is the letter, the second letter to the Corinthian church who were just, and just man, they had a bunch of sin going on. I'm talking about a bunch of sin going on. Incest in the church. Man having an affair with his own stepmother. Bickering, fighting, just, just, a, just a mess. This church was a mess. Paul could not be there in person. So he wrote a sermon by letter. And he preached a scathing sermon in that letter and sent it to them. I'm talking about scathing. I'm talking about about so scathing that after Paul sent it, he got to thinking, I don't know if I should have sent that. I know how he feels. There's been times about halfway through I thought, I don't know if I should have said that. Because a lot of people think preachers have no feelings. Oh, he don't care. I want everybody to like me. Didn't you hear me say I'm adorable? 
I want to be friends with everybody. I, I want to like everybody, and I want everybody to like me. I don't want to make nobody mad. I don't want to be abrasive. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But this is what you've got to understand. You've got to separate the message from the messenger. And Paul is thinking, oh, my goodness, I might have been too tough on him. I might have been too hard on him. And he said in these verses, he said, at first, at first I regretted doing it. But then when I, when I saw the results, when I saw the results of the preaching, when I saw the results of revealing their sin and telling them their situation and telling them they need to get it right, he said, boy, the results were worth it. Amen. Watch this. Watch this. Second Corinthians 7, verse 8. He says, for though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, repent though I did repent. In other words, I regret, he said, but I, I, I'll tell you, it was hard at first. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. In other words, it, listen, sorrow is temporary. Brokenness over sin is temporary. It, you'll get over it. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to, what's that word? Repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. Now watch here. Here's the key. Here's, here's the verse that we're going to take the points out of. For godly sorrow worketh what? Repentance. To what? See how that works? First comes. Everybody say it. Come on, get with me. I'm almost done. First comes. Then comes. Then comes. But watch this. When did the sorrow come? When did the brokenness come? When did the contrition come? After the preaching. After Paul laid bare their situation and said, This is what you're doing. This is, a matter of fact, he said, You've got sin happening in the church that you don't even hear about in the world. Because the word was delivered, it produced, what's the first one? Sorrow. Sorrow. This is what's missing in today's church. We have people religious. We have people come to church to make them feel good. And I'm going to tell you, all the singing today, all the singing today uplifted me Amen. and encouraged the fire out of me. There's no place I would rather preach on this planet than this place right here. And it's greatly because of the, of the talent that God has put here and the talent that God is using here in the worship and in the singing and all the things that go on, the, the, the signing, all of that. I'd rather be here than anywhere because it helps me get ready for the preaching more than any place and anywhere I go. Matter of fact, I wish I could just fold them all up, put them in my suitcase and pop them out when I get there. Sometimes I sit on the front row and I'm thinking... Where's Jalen? <laughs> but here's the thing. When that takes place, there's, there's, there's got to be mourning. There's got to be sorrow. There's got to be brokenness. When did David get right? When did David get right? Y'all remember when he sinned with Bathsheba? And just, just it was when a preacher by the name of Nathan, came in his face, put his finger in his face, and said, Thou 
art the man. Boy, he was broken. That's when you find one of the greatest repentance chapters in all the Bible. Purge me from my sin. He said, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Wash me from mine iniquities. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. Boy, he was broken. Broken before God. Broken because of his sin. Broken because of his situation. Let me tell you when revival will happen in America. We see all the junk that's going on up north and, and, and all that racist garbage. Let me tell you what's wrong. We need revival in our churches. But revival will not come in our churches till we get broken over our sin. And you will never get saved till you're broken. You will never get saved till you stand before a holy God and understand who you are. We fall short of the glory of God. Hey, people, people talk all the time. I, 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 man, I, I wonder where Brandy gets it. Amen. I get so frustrated because I see people play in church and play in the worship role and all of that and, and, and living so ungodly and wicked. There's no sorrow over their sin. There's no brokenness over their sin. And where that is not, it is not God. It is manufactured. You can work people up in a frenzy. They're doing it all the time. Let me tell you what's happening. When they fall short in power, when they fall short in prayer, when they fall short with content of the Word, because the power is in the Word of God, it's not in our ability to deliver it, it's not in the things we can put, it's not in the lights, it's not in fog, it's not in the entertainment or the dramatic, it's in God's Word. Now, now, understand this. Understand this. I love it all. We're going to do it all. Because it's great, and it ministers, and it edifies. But we cannot short-circuit, and we're not, and I'm, 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 I'm preaching to the choir here, because we have preaching all the time. And it will always be center, it will always be central, and it will always be primary. There'll never be a substitute for preaching. Never. But when you lack content in your preaching and you lack substance and scripture in your preaching, you have to make up for it with other things to manufacture movement from people. Amen. When you have to manufacture something, it's not legitimate. But let me tell you something. When you fall before a holy God, how many of y'all remember, how many of y'all, uh, Isaiah? <clears throat> Young preacher, young prophet. Young preacher, young prophet. In the first chapters of Isaiah, he's saying, woe to you, woe to them, woe to everybody. I mean, he's damning everybody. He's woeing everybody. Everybody's condemned. Everybody's just going out. Woe unto all you. Woe. And then the Bible says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. You know what he says? Woe is me. Let me tell you something. When you get in the presence of God, you're not going to be jumping up and hollering, shouting, and, and all that. You're going to be down on your face Amen. saying, woe is me. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. What happened, what happened when Peter was in the boat with Jesus and Peter saw the miracle and it dawned on him who he was in that with? He fell before his face and said, I'm a sinful man. 
when sin is uncovered, it will produce sorrow. But that's not a bad thing. Well, I didn't come to church to feel bad. Maybe you need to. Maybe you need to. I don't like pain. I'm just not, I'm, I'm, I don't like pain. I'm, I, don't, I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't have, thank God for medicine, say amen. amen. But you know what? Pain is an indicator. Pain is, a, pain is a signal that there's something wrong. And if you come to church and the preaching gets your attention and there's something painful, you might need to say there's something Because preaching will produce sorrow. But this is, what, <clears throat> this is what sorrow produces. This is what sorrow produces. Repentance. Amen. He said, I, I, I felt bad. I felt bad about sending that letter. And I felt bad about being as hard on you as I was. He said, but boy, I'm tickled to death that you were sorry. Not just for the case that you were sorry and you, you mourned. But for, because you repented. You repented. There'll be no, there'll be no forgiveness of sin without repentance. People running around thinking we need to, we need to manufacture something. We need, we, we need to produce revival. We just need repentance. Revival starts in the grassroots. Revival don't start at a big meeting somewhere. Revival don't start because you put up a tent. Revival don't start because you put out flyers and say, I'm going to have revival. That's not where revival, no, no great revival in the country ever took place by that. Right. Revival, true revivals, you study them out, they, they took place in the closets. They started with youth groups praying and getting a burden and mourning over their sin and realizing their situation. And it started, listen, it's not the old logs that start. It's the kindling. Amen. But boy, when you get that kindling going... It'll fire us up old logs. Y'all with me? Repentance. What does repentance do? Listen, preaching will produce sorrow. Sorrow produces repentance. And repentance to what? Salvation. Salvation. I sure hate that I made some of you feel bad, but I sure loved it when you got saved. And you see how this works? Everybody look at me. Don't, don't show, I, I'm like out of time. I'm like overtime. So listen real close. You cannot get saved till you get lost. And you will not repent until you get broken. And you will not be broken over your sin unless it's revealed by the word being delivered by the Now, does everybody see why preaching is so important in the process of salvation? I'd rather just, you know, when, when, when someone says this, I'd just rather hear singing than I would preaching. You're telling me you want to be entertained. That's it. Oh, I, I, I'd just rather hear a good teacher. There's a difference between teaching and preaching. Yes. Amen. Yes. 
The Bible says that the man of God, the bishop, the pastor, is to be apt to teach. But he's to preach. Y'all with me? It's not that he's to teach and, 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 and possibly could break out in preaching. No. He's to preach. But be able to teach. You say, well, what's the difference between preaching and teaching? Teaching is, here's the information. That's teaching. The difference between teaching and preaching, teaching is, here's the information. Preaching is, here's the information. Now, what are you going to do about it? Preaching has application. Preaching gets in your face. Preaching is abrasive. Preaching, are y'all with me? Preaching gets personal. So let me tell you what Paul told Timothy in the last days. Preach the word. Be instant. That means ready. In season and out of season. That means when they like it and when they don't. You know what God told the prophet when he was delivering his message? Be not afraid of their faces. If y'all saw what I saw every Sunday, you would understand that verse. Because sometimes you declare truth and you see. I better stop. I'm getting carnal. I want to vent just a little bit right there, but I'm not. Let's, 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 this is the invitation. This is the invitation. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody in here is a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. The difference between the saved sinners and the lost sinners is forgiveness. And if God is speaking to you right now and God is showing you that you're a sinner, you're an unforgiving sinner and you need that sin dealt with, we've got people coming right now with their Bibles and they're going to stand right here in front by this, by this, by this uh, altar up here and, and the musicians are coming and, and, and we're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to give you an opportunity to repent. To repent. To come to God and say, God, I'm a sinner in need of salvation. And you know what my Bible says? For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. saved. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing.